This message was recorded live at Elevate Church in Erie, Pennsylvania. As followers of Christ, we follow a God who was crucified, dead, buried, got up, walked out of the tomb, demonstrating that there's nothing that you and I can't walk out of. He doesn't love me based on my performance. God loves me based on my position. It matters so much that we imitate Christ and we live out those principles. There's nothing that you could do. There's, there's no great sin that you could have ever committed that would be a barrier between you and Jesus. To learn more about Elevate, how you can get connected, or how you can support the work that Elevate is doing in Erie, visit elevatechurch.com. Well, good morning, good morning. How is everyone today? Hey, I want to welcome you to a fresh new year with a fresh new series. Everybody right now, take a, take a deep breath in and go like this. Ah, you know what that smells like? Ah, that smells like a fresh new series. And I'm excited about it. And there's really no better time uh, of year to do a series on fresh starts, on fresh beginnings, on, on new things than at the beginning of a brand new year. And when I think of things that are, are fresh, like what comes to your mind when you hear the word fresh? Like uh, maybe Subway eat fresh. I don't know, maybe some of you are like, you know, Subway or, or like fresh fallen snow, like a light dusting of like six feet or so of snow. What the heck, right? Or what about uh, uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air? Like that comes to my mind, right? Now here's a little story all about how my life got flipped, turned upside down and not like, anyone? I'd like to take a minute just to, all right, all right. But for all intensive purposes, as we head into this new year, as we launch this new series, we're talking about uh, over the next several weeks, kind of a fresh start, like a, a blank, slate that you and I get to at the beginning of the year, hit the reset button on our lives and allow God to do something new inside of us, something fresh. And I can't wait to see how he's going to use this over the next several weeks to maybe reignite something in your heart as we set out on goals and on resolutions and, and asking God to do immeasurably more in our lives as we start into this new year. But before we dive into the teaching, I wanna take a few minutes to celebrate with you. The last couple, uh, few weeks really of December of last year, man, God did some amazing things. Three weeks ago or so, we took our uh, final, like until Jesus runs this town offering where you guys sacrificed, you guys went big above and beyond in order to advance the mission of this church into the coming year. And can I just tell you that during that offering, you guys brought $177,000 like to see God do more in the coming year. All glory to God, that's awesome. That is unbelievable. I can't wait to see how God's gonna use that. In fact, he already is, just so you know. Like we're, we're in the first week of the new year and we've already been able to give beyond our walls $3,500 to churches in our city and also in our nation. That's awesome because of you. Like we're starting this year out strong, starting this year out strong. In fact, our Gym City 
uh, Christmas worship experiences. We saw over 2,300 people walk through these doors, hundreds of guests for the first time checking out Elevate. But here's the, the biggest number, the, the greatest thing that we can celebrate is that 34 people crossed the line and made Jesus the center of their life over Christmas. Come on, we can do better. All glory to God for that. Man. And I would say if you're one of those people, maybe you're, you're coming back or maybe you've, you've made Jesus the center of your life in the, the last year, there are some practical next steps for you as you enter into this new year. One is to follow the footsteps of Jesus and get baptized. Baptism, we say, is putting on the, the wedding ring of the, the Christian faith. It's not salvation, but it's telling the world, hey, I've chosen to follow Jesus. And I would encourage you to take that next step. You can sign up for that online. You can do that any week here at Elevate Church. You can even do that over Easter. We always have a big baptism celebration. And also, I would say, go to Crash Course. I mean, this is the first week uh, that we're kicking off for the, for the new year. And Crash Course is a great way to understand really life and liberty in Jesus, the heartbeat of this house, and to see how God has wired you to impact the world. I would just say go all in all year long. Like make this year, this year will be the best year of your life if it's the best year of your life spiritually. So just like, just lay all your cards out on the table and say, God, what do you want me to do this year? And just, just go all in. All right, enough of that. Here we go. To kick off this new series, Isaiah 43, 19 says, for I'm about to do something new. Everyone say new. Did you know that God wants to do something new in your life? A lot of times we come before God and we think, because uh, the Bible says if anyone is in Christ, they are a new creation, the old is gone. The new has come that he actually wants to make you completely new. But a lot of times we come before God and we don't necessarily think that that's the case that maybe he just wants to tweak some things in our life, but I believe he wants to do something radically new in this coming year. He says, see, I've already begun. Don't you see it? I'll make a pathway through the wilderness. I will create rivers and a dry wasteland. God loves to make things new. He loves to do something new in our lives, and that's what we're believing for as we enter this series, and it really starts with faith. We're gonna talk about, over the next several weeks, family and finances and fitness, all, all those things that you've set resolutions for, but it all begins right here with faith, having this fresh faith that I'm believing today for a, a fuse to be lit, for a sleeping giant to be awakened in your, your life, for you to rise up and take hold of the destinies that, that are there for the taking, that God says that the amount of faith that you have right now is not the amount of faith that you have to have. The Bible says in Jude 1.20 that we are able, able to build ourselves up on our most holy faith. So you can actually have, have more. And I believe that, that God can do as, as much or as little as you're willing to pony up the raw material of faith for in your life. That you cannot receive more than you are willing to believe for, amen? That, that uh, your expectation, what you brought in this room today, kicking off this new year as we're gonna learn in this, this story that we're going to read in just a moment, determines what you experience. So right now, let's bow our heads and let's ask God to do something more, to ignite this passion inside of us. God, I pray that today that we expect great things, that we have this 
expectation, God, that you want to move in our hearts and in our lives, that you want us to, to step out with ridiculous, fresh kind of faith as we head into this new year, that maybe just because uh, the way things were in the past doesn't mean that's the way they have to be in the future, that history doesn't have to repeat itself, that today we have a fresh start in Jesus' name. Everyone said amen, amen. Thank you, Dave, for providing the ambiance. I love it. If you want to take notes, uh, there's no better time than to start at the beginning of the year. So you can grab that card in front of you, get out your phones, whatever devices you like to take notes on. And if you want a, a title for today's message, it would be something like this. I was hoping you would say that. Go ahead and turn to your neighbor right now and say, I was hoping you would say that. To which you might respond, say what? <laughs> I was hoping you would say that. Uh, Matthew chapter 8, if you have your Bibles, this is where we're going to launch um, kind of this, this series for us today and discover hopefully a truth that transforms us. We don't, we're not looking for just information. We're looking for transformation. I believe that we're gonna find that today in Matthew chapter eight. We'll have the words here up on the screen, but I would also encourage you as we head into this new year to bring your Bibles with you. Like, like it's, it's, it's different to actually hold God's word in your hand, even if you're doing it on your iPhone, your, your iPad, or any I devices, you know, if you're an Android user, we're praying for you. But if you just bring your phones, then you can highlight in it, right? Then you can also take some notes along the way. I would just encourage you to look at it in your own hands. But starting in verse five, it says this, but when Jesus returned to Capernaum, Capernaum is this small little village, really a few hundred people on the northern part of the Sea of, of Galilee, kind of this, this fishing kind of village where Jesus spent about a year of his life doing some ministry, healing people, doing some amazing things from this location. When he returned to Capernaum, a Roman officer came and pleaded with him, Lord, that right there is huge. The fact that this guy would refer, refer to Jesus as, as Lord is a big deal. The Bible says that anyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. So we're learning something about this Roman soldier, this centurion, right from the beginning. He said, Lord, my young servant lies in bed paralyzed and is in terrible pain. So we learn something else about this guy, that he sees his servant, uh, other versions say, my beloved servant, or they even say, like, my beloved son, that servants during this time period weren't thought of as, as people, but really just thought of tools, you know, as a means to an end that you could do away with them if you wanted to, but this guy's different. There's something different right off the bat about this, this soldier. He says, my servant lies in bed paralyzed and is in terrible pain. And so we see that he brings his, his problem to Jesus, which, hey, pro tip, that's a great place to bring your problems. Like if you're going through some stuff, if you have some issues in your life, you just need to remember the best place, the, the first place you should bring your problems to is Jesus. Verse seven, and Jesus said to him, I will come heal him. Now, if you're here and you're just kind of checking this, this whole church thing out, you're kicking the tires, if you knew nothing else about the person of Jesus, like, you should know this, that he wants to help. 
His heart is to, to help. His heart, he's desperate to help you in your times of, of need, regardless of the pictures that you've had in your mind of who God is or what God is like. You need to know that Jesus, his goal is to help you. His goal is to have you live this, this full life that he says, I want you to experience life to the, the full. And so Jesus says, I'll come and help. Like, I'll come and heal this guy. But the officer, verse 8, he objects. He says, Lord, I'm not worthy to have you come into my home. And then he says this, just say the word. Like, just say a word from where you are, and my servant will be healed. That's ridiculous faith. That's a fresh kind of, of faith. And how do you know, Mr. Soldier, sir, that that would actually even work. Well, look at verse nine. He says, I know this because I am under the authority of my superior officers. And I also have authority over my soldiers. In other words, he's saying, I understand authority. Like I have people over me, I have people under me. So I, I understand this whole idea of a chain of command and I only need to say go and they go or come and they come. I say to my servants, do this and they do it. I say drop and give me 50 and they drop. Free flowing. Verse 10, when Jesus heard this, he was amazed. He was amazed. Turning to those following him, he said, Hey, I tell you the truth. I haven't seen faith like this in all of Israel. The word for faith that he uses there is mega in the Greek. It's this mega faith. Jesus turns to his disciples, those following him, says, hey, this is it. I haven't seen anything like this, this supersized, bad for you when it's a number four, two cheeseburger meal from McDonald's, good for you, supersized, when it's faith in me in all of Israel. And it's kind of implied here then that he's been looking for it, that he's been on this faith-finding kind of mission, and that's the case. Right now, the Bible says God's eyes are going to and fro throughout the earth looking for those who's, who's to show himself strong to those whose hearts are upright towards him. So God is looking to, to reveal himself strong for those with his faith. And in Capernaum, like speaking to this Roman soldier of all people, Jesus says, here it is, this great faith. Verse 11, and I tell you this, that many Gentiles, we're gonna come back to what, what that means, Gentiles will come from all over the world, from east and west, sit down with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob at the feast in the kingdom of heaven, verse 12, but many Israelites, those for whom the kingdom was prepared for in the first place, those who, who were given the promise of God, those who were God's chosen people to start with, many of those guys, the Bible says, will be thrown into outer darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. Then Jesus said to the Roman officer, go back home. Because you believed, it has happened. And the young servant was healed that same hour. I was hoping you would say that. What we see on display here is this principle that we can't miss. Is I believe that's critical as we kick off uh, this series into this new year, especially with, with the, the, the topics that we will be covering. And that is this, that faith is the password that unlocks God's power. Faith is the password 
Like what Jesus did here is amazing. But the reason that he was able to do it was because of the mega nature, this, this giant nature of this man's faith. You could say that this man received a miracle because his faith made Jesus marvel. They, Jesus was amazed and he was blown away by the amount of faith this, this guy has. So therefore, faith is the password that unlocks God's power. I don't know if you've realized this, but, but the whole password thing, like online and on your computer and on emails and on all these different apps is out of control, is it not? Well, you gotta have a password for everything for your email, for signing on to Amazon, Amazon Prime, Amazon Smile. You know, you gotta sign on to your, your iPhone, your iCloud, your, all these devices. It's driving me insane, right? And all these different parameters for all these different passwords and which password is associated with which email address for Netflix or for Hulu for, oh, like, it's crazy. Like, enough is enough. And now my 12-year-old, my Wade, he has an iPhone. It's not really a phone. It doesn't have cellular service. It's just kind of one of our old phones that he uses. But he has to have his own email with his own password. And I don't know what it is. And our other little boys, they have these little Kindle Fire things. And they have passwords. And it's like maddening. And now all the passwords have to have like so many characters, right, of, of, of uppercase and lowercase and um, hieroglyphics and emojis, you know, tapped into it. And it's like, like it's driving me insane, but faith is the password that trumps all other passwords. Faith is the password that unlocks God's power in our life. And we see this throughout the Bible, from Genesis to Revelation. And if you want to understand God, in fact, Habakkuk says it, that the just shall live by faith. That, that we live by faith and not by sight. Faith is, is what triggers salvation, Ephesians 2, um, 8 and 9, right? The, the way you receive salvation, how are you saved? Well, it was, it was the grace of God, nothing that you did, nothing that you could earn. And how was that grace received? Or like accessed was through faith. Not your good works that any man could boast, right? But through faith, faith triggers salvation. Faith is the password that unlocks God's great ability. It's not about anything that we did. God is not impressed with how good you are. Did you know that you, you can't be too bad to get to heaven, but you can be too good? You think this is all about you and what you did, but it's accessed through, through faith. A little later on, uh, Matthew writes in, in chapter 17, Jesus saying that if you have faith even as small as a mustard seed, you could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Like, if you wanna talk about the most ridiculous, absurd uh, kind of illustration you would talk about during this period of time is mountains being moved, is saying a word and watching this mountain move. Like, they didn't have the earth-moving capabilities that we have today, right? Now, we drove down to Charlotte and going through West Virginia into Virginia, you go through two tunnels through mountains, like, they didn't have that. Now we, like, you know, have explosives, and we can drive right through them. So what Jesus is saying here is ridiculous. This ridiculous kind of faith. You could say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it would move. Then he says, nothing will be impossible for you with just a tiny little bit of faith. A little bit of faith. 
as small as a little mustard seed. In fact, reach into that pocket right in front of you in that seat. And I want you to pull out this little baggie. Some of you have, might have already discovered this. Some of you thought this was somebody's stash that they left over, and you're like, bonus, score. New year at Elevate Church, look what I found. Sorry, all right, that's not what this is. However, we did receive about a third of a joint in the offering one day. I'm just saying, just saying. Somebody was tithing like 10% of their stash. I don't know what they were doing. But pull this out, pull this out if you have it, and just kind of hold it. This is, a, this is a mustard seed. And Jesus said, if you have faith like this size, this size, and I want you to miss this, that God wants to do great things through small beginnings, that God often does, does amazing things through, through humble, small, little origins. And he says, if you would have faith that's even this big, do you know the mustard seed is one of the smallest seeds? It's only like one to two millimeters in, in size, but it, but it produces one of the largest garden plants. You can look online, like six to eight feet tall. Like, how could something so huge in comparison start from something so small? Because this is exactly how God works in our life. That if we would just have just a little bit of faith, he says just a, a little bit of Faith deposited in the human heart is what unlocks God's unbelievable power in our lives. What unlocks God's mighty potential in our lives. Now here's why this is significant for us. And this is why I want you to take this home with you because this will take this teaching to a new level and I want you to keep this like as long as you want. I don't know if you could plan it, you could try. But this is why this is significant as we head into really what we're gonna talk about over the next several weeks because this little seed doesn't look like that much. In fact, it's kind of hard to see how something that little can turn into something so big when it doesn't even look like what, it, what it's going to ultimately become. And you need to understand that that's how God works in our lives. That a lot of times it doesn't look exactly like we thought. Like, like five loaves and two fish look nothing like a meal for 5,000 men plus women and children. It's like a, a, a carpenter born to a woman who was accused of, of infidelity, right? And her, with her fiance looks nothing like salvation to anyone who would call on his name. But that's how God does it. And a lot of times God does miracles out of things that start so small. God loves to do the magnificent from the microscopic. And so a lot of times we'll look at this seed and we'll think, man, that's just tiny. In fact, you might start hating on the seed. That's an ugly seed. That's a dumb looking seed. What am I gonna do with this seed? You might even start to despise the seed. That's why Zechariah 4.10 says, hey, hey, don't despise these small beginnings. Because God loves to do great things from small starts. In fact, he just loves, the Bible says, he rejoices just to see you start. To see you plant this seed. So here's the principle that, that we shouldn't forget that we need to learn. Is that you and I need to learn to see beyond the seed. Write that down. We got to see beyond the seed. Because it's easy for us to despise the seed. It's easy for us to, to hate the, the small beginnings. But we need to see beyond the seed to the harvest, really, that that seed can become. What do you mean? All right, here's what I mean. 
Maybe this is the year that God's called you to uh, get out of debt. You're like, I'm gonna, I'm gonna have a fresh start with my finances. This is the year. We're gonna talk about that. Mama, my, my finances, this is the year. Because you know that God wants better for you, that, that right now you're in a place that there's nothing that you can do and, and that, that, that God was called you to do because the borrower is slave to the lender. Because right now, you know, you're not in control of your finances, they're in control of, of you. And you know that that's not God's best for you, that God wants to bless you so that you can be a blessing to others. I mean, that's ultimately the goal. So you say, all right, this is the year. I'm getting out of debt. I'm about to go all Dave Ramsey on this beast in 2018, right? And what would Dave tell you to do? The first thing he'd tell you to do is to get a, a, a savings account of $1,000, an emergency fund. That's it. You start there. And $1,000 to some of you might as well be a million dollars. And you're like, man, all right, I got to start there. But this year is it. I'm motivated. Like, no more. I'm not going to be in debt anymore. I'm going to break, break free. So you get $5 and you put it in a savings account. It's your seed. It's your seed. It's your, your start. And then what happens is you start to despise the seed. You're tempted to look at that and be like, $5. Man, I'm never going to get there. Like, I can't even, like, $5, that doesn't even cover the interest you know, on the credit card payments that I owe. $5. This is never going to happen. And what happens is you start to despise the seed but you have to see beyond the seed to the harvest that it can become. Or maybe in your, your fitness, you're like, I'm all about fitness this year. I'm all about fitness donut in my mouth. That's what I'm all about. I'm all fitness, fitness. But you say, this is the year, right? 2018, I'm getting in shape. I'm on it. 2018, I'm gonna get into another shape other than round because we all know round is a shape. I get it. So you wake up early. Set your alarm. You go to the, the judgment-free zone up the street, and you get on that treadmill, and you're like, this is the year, and you start that thing on. You're going, I'm going to run a mile, just a mile. I'm going to run one mile. You start getting on that thing. You start going. A minute into it, you're like, I hate this. Right? Your body goes into shock. You're like, what are you doing? You know, we've never done this before. Like, you're freaking out. I hate this. You despise the seed. You can't get past these, these small beginnings, but God says, hey, see beyond the seed to what the seed, the, the harvest the seed contains. Or it's in your family. You say this year, you know what? Um, history is not gonna repeat itself. That you feel called to lead your family differently. That you feel called to, to love differently, to, to be different, right? You feel called to raise up a generation of world changers, not, not world followers. And you say, hey, if it's going to happen, it's going to start with me, not this year. That we're going to bring up our boys, we're going to bring up our, our girls, we're going to bring up our little ones to honor God, to love God. And be a house that's sold after the things of God, that we're going to aim our little arrows towards the target of loving Jesus, following God. And so you say, this is, this is the year. And so what happens is you decide, hey, every single week we're going to church. We're going to get into groups. I'm going to make sure my, my students are at house parties. I'm going to make sure they're in groups. We're, we're, we're going for it. Nothing else is going to get in the way. And so Sunday or Saturday night rolls around and what's happens, you're like, all right, kids, let's get in the car. Let's go. And immediately the pushback. I don't want to go. 
I'm too tired. And we start to let our, you know, second and third graders kind of drive and take charge. I don't want to go. It's, and, and this weekend is soccer, and that weekend is that. And, and so we start to compromise, and we start to say, well, this is important, but our lives don't reflect the importance of it. And so what happens a lot of times is we get frustrated and we say, all right, well, man, this is not even worth the fight, right? This is not even worth the arguing. This is not even worth doing it. I, I, you know what? I'm just going to give up. We despise the seed. And I would tell you that there is nothing more worthy of your time. There is no battle that's more worthy of your fighting than to say, hey, as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord and we will put him first. With your short life on this earth, there's nothing more worthy of your time. But we start to despise and hate the seed. That's why we have to see beyond the seed. That's why we have to have this, this fresh kind of faith to keep on pushing, to keep on driving, to keep on believing, even when people criticize you, even when there is pushback in Jesus' name, you push through because you see beyond the seed to the harvest that the seed can become. And so I would even say that my whole life is a product of that. Like the fact that you're sitting in this room today, I mean, you're sitting in a room um, where we had faith to, to, to believe that God has given us this, this land, so to speak, before we even step foot on it. Like if you, you were here in the beginnings, I mean, this, this looks nothing, you know, like, like seven people in our living room. This looks nothing like 34 people in a, in a library at Harding School. In fact, I was reflecting back to, to Christmas, our first Christmas services at, at Harding School. I mean, like that's what it looked like. I don't even... I don't even know what kind of lighting that is on me, right? It's like red and evil and like, like, and now we got lights like this and I don't even know like that and these things, I don't even know. But it looks nothing like what it would become and fast forward, you know, five Christmases later and it, it looked like that with 2,300 people worshiping and celebrating, you know, the birth of Jesus and finding hope in Christ. I mean, this looks nothing like what it started out as. And the same is true in your life. And you need to know that, that you, you're a seed too. That you have the right to change. That you have the right to grow. That as you seek God, as you, you know, get water, you know, by the washing of the word, as you, you know, find sunlight, that God will grow in your heart and in your life as well, So maybe right now you look into the mirror and you don't necessarily like what you see, but you are created in the image of God. And though people hate on you and say, hey, I don't like you, you can say, well, I don't like me either. Don't I have the right to change? You're a seed. You're a seed. So how do we get there? Like how do we find this unbelievable, right, this, this fresh kind of faith, this, this ridiculous, audacious uh, kind of faith in the promises of God. Well, we start where the Roman soldier did. And we come to this place where we believe that, that with God, nothing is impossible. This soldier had ridiculous faith that long before he told Jesus, don't even show up to my house. Long before he told Jesus, just speak a word from where you are. The very fact that he would approach a, a Jewish Messiah for a miracle is amazing because he was a Gentile 
and a Roman. Like, he, that was huge strikes against him during this period of time. The Jewish people believed that, you know, if, if you weren't a Jew, you were a sinner or you were a pagan. They believed, and this is not true, uh, God's word tells us this is not true, they believed that all Gentiles were kindling for the fires of hell. That's what they believed, the religious elite of the day. And they said that's who these people were. God's word tells us no, like it all started through Abraham, but to be a blessing to everyone so that he could bless the entire nation, the entire world would be a blessing through him, but they mistook that. And they thought the blessings of God were an end unto them themselves, and not to mention, he wasn't just a Gentile, but a Roman officer, like the uh, suppressing nation, like those that were trying to maintain the rule of, of Rome. And so the fact that he would approach Jesus for a miracle is telling of the faith he had in his heart. And not just a little bit of faith, right, to the degree where when Jesus said, all right, I'm coming, I'm gonna come, I'll do my part. You know, just tell me where you live. You know, send me, send me the, the pin on, on Google Maps and hopefully it's been updated, you know, since then and we can make sure I get to your house on time. You know, just tell me and I'm gonna come heal him. He said, no, no, no. Like if you did that, like then you would be rendered ceremonially unclean because I'm a Gentile and I would still want you to observe your feasts. You're a busy guy. And so he says, look at it again. But if you would just say the word from here. Say the word from here. Now Jesus was known to heal people, but this was a first. The idea that he could heal them from a distance, like this, this, this is fresh faith, right? This is ridiculous kind of faith. He said, just say the word. And the reason he said it was because, hey, I'm a guy who understands authority. I understand what it means to be over people and, you know, under people. So I get authority. I command armies. But you, Jesus, command the heavens and the earth. And I believe if you would just say the word, he would be healed. That's ridiculous kinds of faith. And Jesus' reaction to that says he was amazed. In the Greek, that word is astonished. Like he stopped. His jaw dropped. He was like, oh, M, M, which is oh my me, right? And he turns to his guys and says, this is it. This is what I've been talking about. Where I should be finding faith here in Israel where people were given the promises through Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Go back and read it where I should be finding it, but I can't. Those that should believe in me that don't. Here's this Gentile that shows this un believable faith. Guys, this is what I've been looking for. D.L. Moody said that history is waiting to see what God could do with someone who would yield themselves to him fully. And it's as though on this day, Jesus stopped singing Bono, right? I still haven't found. I don't know if you've noticed, but I like to sing from time to time, all right? I'm just saying. What I'm looking for. And he stopped. And he said, I found it. I found it. I've been looking for this all over the place. And here it is. This crazy faith. This fresh faith. And you can contrast that with another time uh, in Mark chapter 9 
where God brought his actual son to Jesus. And if you read through this whole story, it's, 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 it's unbelievable. This guy brought his, his son who was sick, who had been um, really oppressed by, by demons to Jesus, and my son is really sick. Jesus said, bring him to me. Verse 20 says, so they brought the boy, but when the evil spirit saw Jesus, it threw the child into violent convulsions. He fell to the ground, writhing and foaming at the mouth. How long has this been happening? Jesus asked the boy's father. He replied, since he was a little boy, the spirit would often throw him into the fire and the water trying to kill him. Have mercy on us and watch this if you can. Here we have this, this Roman soldier saying, just say a word from where you are. And we have this other guy who's saying, Jesus, help him if you can. See the difference? Help him if you can. How many times have, have we gone before God when we see maybe young people, maybe students, maybe our own, own family that's not, that's not following God, that's falling into to patterns of sin and destruction, whose addictions are, are killing them? whose tendencies are, are hurting them, who are following a crowd over a cliff. And if we could, we would say, you know, I'll save you, I'll do whatever I can. And we go before God, maybe like this guy. And because maybe a lack of faith that we have, we say, God, just do something if you can. If you can. And look how Jesus responds, right? He says, what do you mean if I can? Anything is possible if a person believes. Where there's great faith, there's great miracles. Now, God doesn't always respond the way we want him to respond. That's not what I'm saying. But your expectation does determine what you experience. And that's why we should be at a place where the centurion was, and just because maybe something, there was no precedent for it, maybe it had never happened before, doesn't mean that it won't happen this time. Maybe you're at a point in your life where you're like, man, I've, I've tried this every single year. I wanted to get free. Maybe it's this addiction that you have. Maybe it's a financial freedom. Maybe it's, you know, fitness. Maybe it's whatever. But maybe just because it didn't happen last year doesn't mean it won't happen this year. It starts as a seed. And you plant this seed and you trust God's promises and you say, you know what? You're God. That, that you have the power over heavens and earth, you command the heavens and earth, you save my soul, and I'm just gonna trust that you know what's best for me. And I'm gonna build my faith up this year and have my faith warrant a kind of response that it warranted from Jesus. Because the outcome of all this was, of course, the man's request was granted. Jesus said the word, and the man's servant was healed. I'm going to have the, the band come back out here, and we're going to get ready to kind of close this thing out, because I think there's something in this that we need to learn, and this is really why we started out by singing this kind of a, a song that we sang back during that time I showed you pictures of when we started, this song called Give Me Faith. Give me faith to, to trust what you say, to trust that as you speak a word, it would happen. And from the gutsy nerve of this centurion, from his audacious faith, when it comes to us finding a fresh faith in this new year, the most dangerous thing you and I can do is to play it safe. The most dangerous thing that you can do with this life that Jesus died for, that he bled for, that he's given you a fresh start, that he wants to make new, is to play it safe. 
is to kind of repeat the past, is to kind of do the same thing over and over and over again, expecting different results, right? You know the definition of insanity. And so I think it has to start different. Start different than us just despising the seed, despising the days of these, these humble beginnings, these small origins to where we have this faith that warrants this response that amazes Jesus. That Jesus said, all right, because you believe to this guy, it has happened. And so what I imagine in my mind is when, when he says this to Jesus, just say a word and let it be so, Jesus is thinking, finally, finally, that's what I was hoping you would say. That's what I was hoping you would say. I've been looking for that faith. I've been looking for you to step up and step out. I've been looking for this kind of faith that moves mountains, that's tiny, that's small in the beginning. In fact, I think it should be our goal this year to, to have Jesus respond that way to our prayers to respond the way where he would say, man, that's what I've been hoping for. That's what I was hoping that you would say. You know, there are really only two times that Jesus was amazed in the Bible as it relates to our faith, as it relates to faith. And they both have to do with the amount of faith that we have. Like this time, you know, the guy has great faith, mega faith, supersized faith. There's another time that it was because of the lack of faith that Jesus was amazed. And I wanna read you this quote from Charles Spurgeon. He says, if you believe Christ a little, he will bless you a little. But if you believe him up to the hilt, he will bless you to the full, that your faith shall never outrun the manifestations of divine love. Elevate Church, why don't you stand to your feet? Stand up, because I want to, as we head into this year to be blessed, not a little, but a lot. I think that God is waiting for us and is hoping for us to have these big prayers, these bold prayers, these audacious prayers where his eyes would pop open and say, I was hoping that you would say that. Because you can never receive more than what you are believing for. So this year, as we head into 2018, right? Just believe for better. Believe that that wayward son, believe that that, that husband that's gone off the deep end, believe that, that that husband that won't come to church with you, that not this year that we go before God and say, just speak a word in Jesus' name. We have great faith. Come on, church. We're always encouraged to know that God is using Elevate to bless people's lives. If you have a story about how God is working in your life, share your story online at elevatechurch.com.